Good afternoon, Lafayette. Good evening. It is chilly out there, but we have made it through another day, one day closer to the most magical time of the year. I am talking, of course, about Thanksgiving because it is, again, not uh, it's not Christmas time yet. And I'm sorry to be a Grinch about it, but I'm going to I feel strongly about this. It's Thanksgiving time. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. I didn't get a chance to be with you guys yesterday. UL basketball was playing in my stead. So we haven't had a chance to talk about the election. Please um, please bear with me. We got to get through this. Um, there are a lot of folks with a lot of opinions. I have talked to local political consultants. I've talked with campaign managers. I have talked with politicians. I have talked with voters. I have talked with everybody that I can talk to trying to get everybody's different take on the uh, city parish mayor president race. Monique Blanco Boule beat Josh Guillory four percentage points, 52-48. The vote totaled 25,134 to 22,867 votes. My precinct in Karen Crow split dead even. I think it was like 120 votes either which way. Uh, but if you look at the various precincts, they all kind of start to paint the picture. One thing to note is that I think the north side made up about half of Monique Blanco Boulay's uh, winning total. I think the 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 vote the number of votes she won by, which was like twenty three hundred votes, I think about half of that was from the north side. The other half comes from within the city of Lafayette, the outlying communities did not really show up to vote. From the get-go, I said two things. After the October election, I said two things the Monday after that. Two things the Guillory campaign would need to do based on the numbers that I saw from October 14th. The first was get out the vote. It was going to come down to turnout And a lot of the folks that I talked to did not see any major get-out-the-vote effort by the Guillory campaign. And it shows. It shows in the areas where Guillory was strongest not turning out. The outlying communities. Guillory literally built roads into those communities to get their support, to support them. And they didn't show up. He did not, his campaign did not do a very good job of getting out the vote. I didn't, I I got spammed with so many text messages from various campaigns, statewide campaigns, the Bessie campaign. I was inundated with texts the week of early voting And Election Day. I did not get a text from the Guillory campaign until I think several hours after the polls opened 
on Saturday. I have heard from multiple people in multiple communities, people who were involved in campaigns, people who are just regular voters. There was no get out the vote effort that they could discern. If there was a get out the vote effort, they didn't see it. I didn't see it. Most people were asking where it was. The other thing that I said the Monday after the October 14th election was that the Guillory campaign did not need to get into the mud. The Guillory campaign needed to avoid as much of the negative campaigning as possible, avoid as much of the negative messaging as possible, and remind voters of his record. There are miles and miles of road that the Guillory administration made it a point to work on. There are drainage projects that the Guillory administration worked on. We did not see a tax increase under the Guillory administration. In any of the ads that you saw or heard, did the Guillory campaign remind you of his record? Instead, they focused on very broad Republican partisan talking points. She's a lifelong dim. She's going to raise your taxes, defund the police, everything like that. But it doesn't seem like there was an ounce of time that was spent promoting his record. And that is pro- that that has befuddled the Republicans I've talked to who are consultants, who are politicians, they all have, why didn't he talk about this? Why didn't he talk about everything he'd done? Why was the campaign afraid of touting his message and instead focusing on the word corruption? My suspicion is that Guillory had the advantage in this race until the campaign made the decision to go after Boulay on the use of the word corruption. It's the Streisand effect. If you were raising a bunch of points, a a bunch of, uh, if you were raising a ruckus about something that your opponent said, on social media, in some interview somewhere. You've drawn attention to it. You've drawn attention to the thing that you didn't want people to hear about. That's the Streisand effect. Years and years ago, some photographer was taking pictures of some houses and Barbara Streisand's house was in one of the pictures. Nobody had seen the pictures. It it was just randomly published. Nobody knew it was Barbara Streisand's house in one of the pictures until she sued the photographer for for publishing a picture of her house. Then everybody knew it was Barbara Streisand. Nobody would have known until she raised a fuss about it. 
The moment the Guillory campaign made a fuss about the use of the word corruption is the moment that everybody started paying attention to it and the moment that the Boulay campaign said, okay, he's sensitive about this one, let's go after it, and that their entire message was on that. Twenty three hundred votes. And it wasn't. Now listen to me on this. It wasn't because she promised a bunch of things that Guillory hadn't or couldn't do. Twenty three hundred votes because the Guillory campaign did not get out the vote and had bad messaging. There's another aspect to it, another part of this that I think is kind of being overlooked because everybody's kind of focusing on these couple points. There's another aspect of it I want to get into afterward, but we got to take this break first. 232-1542 is the number. You can uh, send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll be back in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. So there's, along with the lack of a, of a, of a clear message on accomplishments, uh, but focus on the negative, and that kind of kept people from going out, there's also the fact that there was just really not a, 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 an election get-out-the-vote effort, which is something that was definitely needed for the Guillory campaign. But there's another aspect to it that not a lot of people, they're, they're kind of dancing around it. And I think it, it has to play a, a, a bigger role in this than I think some people were expecting. I don't know that the negatives of... Guillory's record really had as much of an impact on getting people out. I think they had, I think it was part of it, but there's another aspect that I'm curious about. It's a theory I have. I, 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 I don't, I don't have any real proof of this. It's just kind of a gut feeling based on some of the conversations I've had that aren't really about this, but you can kind of pick up the undertone to it. So again, Guillory's stronghold was the outlying communities more than Lafayette proper. Part of that is because that area is just generally more conservative than Lafayette proper. Lafayette proper is more moderate than the outlying communities of the parish. But again, the Guillory administration built literal roads into those communities. He was on great terms with the local mayors. Lafayette Parish is growing. But the city of Lafayette the city of Lafayette not growing at the same rate. And there's this perception that the Guillory administration was focused more on the parish than on the city itself. And this is where I this is where my gut feeling kind of comes in on this. 
the voters in the city who were highly motivated to vote, largely Republican still, and I'll tell you why in just a second, they wanted someone who would focus more on the city. The north side wants somebody to focus on the north side. That much is true. And to be fair, I was hoping to see the the Guillory administration do more for the north side. Now, there's still a little bit of time left to start some projects, but I'm hoping that the incoming Boulay administration will focus on the north side because it needs some love from city parish government. But... There's this sense among folks in the city of Lafayette that the parish was getting more attention than the city. And the city was motivated to reclaim that mayor president spot. It's the Lafayette mayor president. They want the focus to be on Lafayette proper. I think that was a motivating factor for a lot of Republicans in the city, not just the negatives and all all that stuff. Because, again, when you look at the actual record of the Guillory administration, there are a lot of good things that were done. I don't think the negative headlines, I don't think the negativity, I don't think that was all it. But I do think that there is a general sense that Lafayette proper wanted someone to focus on Lafayette proper more than Karen Kerr Scott, Youngsville, et cetera. And I'm wondering if they think that Boulay is going to be their champion on that. That's what I'm interested in, in seeing as we go forward. Anyway, let's take this break. We're going to get our commodities report. When we come back, we'll have a little bit more to talk about in terms of the elections this weekend and of course just your news of the day we'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham show news talk 96.5 kpel welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on news talk 96.5 kpel 232-1542 is the number or you can use the kpel app chat if you want to be part of the conversation still talking about the Saturday election uh one other thing to point out in the mayor president race before i move on and i, I don't mean to harp on it so much. It's just like the big news. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it earlier this week. Um, Guillory picked up 48% of the total vote in Lafayette Parish. Um, so he was on average 21 points behind the three statewide Republicans on the ballot. Uh, In Lafayette Parish, Nancy Landry got 70%. For Attorney General, Liz Merle got 69%. Treasurer John Fleming got 68%. Um, There were also, you should know, at least 1,000 votes in between the statewide ballot, uh, the statewide vote totals and the mayor president vote totals, meaning a thousand people at minimum uh, in the secretary of state race, about uh, 1100, about 1300 in the treasurer race and about 1500, 1600 in the attorney general's race. More voters voted in those races and voted for the mayor president ticket. Now imagine, imagine 
that 1,600 people voted for Josh Guillory the way they voted for Liz Merle. You've now narrowed the race for mayor president to 700 votes. People voted at the top of the ballot. They voted for the statewide one, and they didn't feel motivated. The conservatives, the Republicans, didn't feel as motivated to vote for the mayor president race as they felt in that one. Again, that's a get-out-the-vote thing. That's a messaging thing. But also, again, John Fleming, 68% of the vote. Josh Guillory, 48% of the vote. A bunch of Republicans also voted for Boulay. It's a messaging and a get-out-the-vote thing. The city of Lafayette voted. The outer outlying communities did not. Should be a lesson in that. Getting out the vote and messaging needs to be your priority. The national politics, the partisan politics, the national talking points, that doesn't get you anywhere in a local race. And I'm tired of folks running races like that. This goes to a larger problem that I have with the Republican Party in general. There are Republican campaign managers out there, Republican consultants out there who are still trying to ride the Trump style of messaging in the year of our Lord, 2023. We can say defund the police. We can say uh, we can talk about immigration. We can talk about uh, they're a Democrat, they're not trustworthy, everything like that. We can talk about all those things in a local race. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, how much does that affect you in the local community as opposed to some of the things that really need to be discussed in the local community, like a library on the north side, like your local tax rate, like uh, roads and infrastructure, like flooding, like all of those things, drainage projects, how much of the how much of that is going to make as much of a difference? You can play up the crime stuff and the defund the stuff, police stuff, maybe. But there are a lot more things that happen locally. That candidates can run campaign on message on. But there are consultants out there who are taking the easy way out and telling their candidate, hey, you just need to talk about these platitudes because everybody's so motivated on these this populist stuff plays. These Democrats are are going crazy. You can just run on those and that's going to get your conservatives motivated. Look at what's happened. 30 percent of Lafayette Parish's voters voted in that campaign. 30.4% voted in the mayor-president's race. 31.1% voted in the secretary of state race. 31.4% voted for attorney general in the attorney general's race. 31.3% voted in the treasurer race. 30.9% voted in the Bessie race. And 30.4% voted 
in the mayor-president race. Approximately. Republican consultants get to spend a lot of Republicans' money. They get to spend a ton of Republican dollars. And they make big commissions on that. Everything they do, they make these big, uh, these big commissions on their ad buys, their media. But they, they get all these commissions. They get to make all this money off of their candidate and do the bare minimum when they run these bare minimum messaging campaigns. We're seeing it across the country right now. The Republican Party is being built out of their money. by consultants who really are just taking the easy way out because to a lot of Republican consultants out there, not talking about all the ones locally. I know a lot of them locally. But across the country, there is a, there are a ton of political consultants whose first priority is to make cash. They want that green. And you know what ends up happening? Their candidates lose, but they don't suffer the consequences for it. Meanwhile, Democrat political consultants, Democrat political consultants, they're true believers. They work on the message. They make sure that the messaging is right. They field test their messaging over and over again. And they get better results in elections because they have better messaging. The only reason the Democrats aren't in control is because their candidates suck. Their candidates expose who they are. Their candidates expose just how far left they go. And when they go as far left as possible, it scares voters away. But they have consultants who are true believers in all that. So they fight for the ideology first and then make the money behind that. And sometimes they have crappy results because, again, their candidates are crappy. The ideology is crappy, but they are true believers. Republican candidates tend to be the type of can, uh, Republican consultants, rather, across the country, tend to be the type of people that focus on how much money they can make first. There are consultants in this state who are batting a 1,000 on losing campaigns, and yet they still get hired, and they still make a ton of money. They still get to build candidates for all they can. And they do the bare minimum. And then there are people in this state, good Republicans, who come in and they actually look at data, and they look at the, and they look at the messaging, and they fine-tune that, and they work on it really well. There are a couple locally that I want to give shout-outs to, but I'm not going to do that. But you know who you are because I know you listen to the show. There are politicians out there. One of my favorites in the local community is a data nerd. And I know that he spent the weekend looking at the data from this campaign, from this election cycle. And I know he'll learn lessons from this. I know there are some folks who will learn lessons from it, but there are a ton of consultants out there who are not going to learn a damn thing from any of these elections. They're going to keep doing the same thing they're doing because they think that just writing that Trump-style messaging, not saying this isn't bashing Trump, this is everybody who just 
launches on to the the populist stuff and the national politics stuff at the local level, and it doesn't work. It does not work. Because the people in Lafayette proper do not give a damn about the national political talking points. The people in Lafayette proper, they care about the city, they care about what you're going to do for them in the city, and they want to focus on those local city issues. And if the campaign had been run like that, there was a lot for Gilly to run on. But it didn't happen. Why did it not happen? That has to be a conversation that's had somewhere in some campaign back room somewhere Why the hell didn't we message on the things that we should have messaged on, the things that people in the city of Lafayette, in Lafayette Parish, actually like? And this isn't about who my preferred candidate is or was in the race or what I wish for the city or the parish of Lafayette. This is about the political strategy, and it's about a larger problem for Republicans because Republicans are going to keep running on that same messaging and get nowhere, and they're going to be like, well, I guess it was stolen from us. We're not playing by their rules. We need to do something. No, you need to talk about the things that you can do, the things to fix the problems. And it never happens. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat. We'll take this break. We'll wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Want to give a shout out to uh, Shaky. On the app goes by Shaky on the app. Uh, thanks for listening. Glad uh, glad you're along for the ride with us. Glad to uh, try to be as informative a show as possible. So do appreciate you listening in. Rapunzel on the app asks a very good question: How many votes did Guillory lose due to an LSU home game? For the life of me, I do not understand why our state sets election days on college football days. I don't get it. I don't. We can have elections on Tuesdays. Sure, cancel school for it. That's fine. They needed a break anyway. I I don't understand why we have to have uh, during football season why we have to have election days. It's just un-American and and frankly uh, unpatriotic. I do want to mention real quick. We had uh, somebody call in. Let us know. Uh, traffic is very slow going on North University. There's a vehicle accident that showed up there about 40 or so minutes ago. I think that might also be complicated by the fact that you had that uh, you had that uh, house fire on uh, Northwest Evangeline at Sampson, and that might be causing some traffic issues in the general area off of Evangeline as well. So do be careful. I'm sorry, do be careful as you're driving uh, some some vehicle accidents out there. Want you guys to be safe. It is Thanksgiving time. I don't I don't want to I don't want to have negative stories about vehicle accidents and terrible traffic and things like that in the days before Thanksgiving. Um but anyway, uh so a bit of a programming note, just so you know. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to have a best of show tomorrow. Uh, It will probably be a replay of today's show. So if you miss any of my analysis, any of my take on the elections from Saturday, you'll get to hear it again tomorrow in full during the five o'clock hour. Uh, 
you should also note Thursday will have special Thanksgiving Day programming. Friday, it's not going to be a rerun, but it's a pre-recorded show. It's all new stuff, so you should listen on Friday. I'm not going to be live in the studio, but it will be new stuff you have not heard on the air before. So you should stick around and catch that on Friday. If, if you're still recovering from the food coma of Thanksgiving, I'll you'll hear my voice. Maybe that annoys you. You'll hear my voice on KPL at 5 o'clock on Friday. It won't be live, but it will be new material. There will be gay Santas. There will be trans nutcrackers. All sorts of weird things involved there. That's on Friday. Then Monday, I will be back live in the studio. I'm heading up to Natchitoches to celebrate Thanksgiving with my family. I want you guys to have a a fantastic Thanksgiving as well. In the meantime, over this break, if you want to reach out, you can. Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. That's where I'm most active, by the way. So if you're on Twitter, follow me at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook, you can find me there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, email Joe at redstate.com. I am getting your emails on Gmail on, on at Joe at redstate.com. I may not always reply, but I do see them. I do read the articles and stuff you send me too. Uh, the podcast is going up very soon. You will be able to catch that at my Substack, the Joe Cunningham Show on Substack, or wherever you get podcasts, if it's Apple, Spotify, whatever, you can find it there. I will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show live on Monday. Some good stuff on Friday, though, so tune in for that. Talk to you guys again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.